The Viridian Nutrition range of 200 plus award-winning products includes vitamins, minerals, herbs, nutritional oils, specialty supplements, tinctures and balms. All formulated to be helpful, efficacious and pure. By choosing our Viridian Nutrition range, you are one step closer to your goal of 100% wellness. Ethical vitamins with an organic heart. Available at all Browns outlets. Browns and you. There are billions of women passing through similar experiences all around the world and for whatever reason, we often feel like we're alone. It's time to make a point of discussing these topics from a range of viewpoints. These conversations surpass age, race, location. They are relevant to women everywhere. Welcome to The She Word. Conversations that women rarely have, but really should. My name is Sasha, host for this edition of The She Word, the Young Women's Edition, and I'm so excited to, to be back on this table to have the conversations that young women really need to have. I'd like to remind you to follow and subscribe to our channels. Um, you can follow us on Spotify and Instagram, and you can also subscribe to Patreon, where 50% of our proceedings go towards the Richmond Foundation, which is offering a service for young women who need therapy and cannot access it. So, without further ado, let's get straight into our show. Today's show is Young Women and the Arts, and I'm joined by three incredibly talented guests, each excelling in their artistic fields. Being an artist myself, I've been wanting to do this show for quite some time, knowing perfectly how hard it is to achieve some recognition on the island for the work that you do, and how challenging it can be to make a living off of your craft. For this show, I sought to touch upon three different types of art. So we've got fine arts and tattoo artistry, we've got theater, and we've also got dance. And we'll be exploring these different disciplines of artistic expression together. So our guests for today, we've got Rebecca Bonacci, who is mostly known for her tattoo artistry and most recently launched her debut solo exhibition, showcasing her painting for the first time ever focused on motherhood and the new mother's identity in this day and age. Hello, Rebecca. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Hannah Spiteri, who brings characters to life on the stage and has taken part in some of Malta's most popular and best theatre productions, including recently being the lead actress on Greece. Hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me as well. Thank you. And finally, Cheryl Lofreda, contemporary dancer and founder of Concept of Movement, a dance movement which rose to prominence within its early years on the island. Hello. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you all for accepting the invitation to be here. So, ladies, I want you to all take a moment to introduce yourselves, perhaps mention something which I haven't. Rebecca, you want to get us started? Oh. <laughs> um, my name is Rebecca Bonacci, as you said. Um, I'm a tattoo artist and visual artist. Um, I studied fine art back in 2014 and then I pursued a career in tattooing and now after all these years finally <laughs> I have my first solo exhibition uh, which is on till the 3rd of December at Spotsy Creative. Um, yes, it's about um, my experience as a first-time mom. Um, yes, and now after this exhibition I think I have to do both tattooing and painting so... <laughs> You found your, your yes. balance, basically, mm -hmm. and we'll actually get back to, to the exhibition as well later on, because I want to ask you a bit about it. But thank you so much for being here. Hannah? Hi, so I'm Hannah Spateri. Um, I'm a musical theatre performer, specifically here in Malta, but I 
do a lot of other things, as I think we all do here. Mm. Um, I have a degree in psychology, a, a bachelor's degree, and full time. I mean, when I'm not on stage, I teach English and I work at an English language school. So three things that have nothing to do with each other, but <laughs> we we make it work, I guess. And it's a way to also support uh, what you what you actually love to do, which is performing. Yes, of course. If I could, it, performing would be the be all and end all of what I'm doing but we're we're making it work we're starting out we're seeing where it leads us really but yes one supports the other yeah yeah mm-hmm. and uh, Cheryl so hello I'm Cheryl um I am a choreographer and a professional dancer um I founded my studio back in 2016 um it was a difficult decision to do I think like we were speaking before like the first few steps of the process might be a bit difficult but i think nowadays i'm i'm very grateful that i did these steps and i'm very grateful i want to focus on you to get our <laughs> conversation started a bit so you're primarily known as a tattoo artist on the island like yes. there are so many people who actually have their tattoos on you um your tattoos on them sorry <laughs> um uh, me myself actually being one of them <laughs> Um, but now you've also branched out as a painter and shortly after you became a mother kind of documenting your journey with it so how has your journey been like in the Maltese art scene throughout the years well I studied for I have a degree in fine art so basically I've I've been a painter before I've been a tattooist Um, but yes I started tattooing and I do think that it's um, I don't know for me I did find it more difficult um, to pursue a career in painting than in tattooing. I guess tattooing is a bit more commercial, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, ah, but finally, after all these years, you know, I've decided that I needed to, you know, to take the step. Um, after I had Nina, mostly because um, having Nina pushed me to, you know, I needed to spend more time at home as well and not like spend a whole day at the shop mm-hmm. to spend time with her. So it pushed me to to take the step and... I really, I don't regret it at all. It's It's been a beautiful experience. So now I have to, I'm thinking of other projects, you know, <laughs> after this, so I can continue working on my paintings. Mm-hmm. And um, what inspired you to pursue your, your respective art form? So as you said, you, you first started out with painting, but then you kind of went on to tattoo artistry, probably because it's better supported within society to actually make a living out of it, right? Um. Yes, I mean... I used to watch, you know, Kent Von D on TV and it was something that, you know, I really loved. So, and um, before, uh, during my degree, I also focused more on drawing. So it was like the next step for myself. Um, Yeah, so, and I didn't even think it was possible at at that time to become a tattoo artist. It was, you know, I was uh, trying to, after I graduated, I was like, what am I going to do now, <laughs> you know? Um, and then I wor- worked for a couple of jobs just to raise enough money to take my tattoo course mm-hmm. because it was expensive for me as well at the time. Um, yes, but then I managed to, I was going to go abroad, but then I managed to find someone locally who would teach me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it started from there. Um, this was back in 2015. And back then, I mean, tattooing still hadn't come that far, right, on the island? I mean, there were a lot of tattooists, but basically everyone did everything 
Mm-hmm. There wasn't like nowadays. Um, everyone has their particular style, yeah. like old school, you know, um, realistic. Um, before they did focus, but you know, there weren't a lot of different uh, artists mm-hmm. uh, in Malta. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was, I guess, it was perfect timing for me because um, at the time I do line work and dot work, and at the time there were there weren't a lot of artists doing the. And when I draw, I draw with pen. So for me, it was like something organic that mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So, uh, Cheryl, so as I mentioned before, you're the founder of one of Malta's biggest dance movements. Um, and it's safe to say that it's paved the way for many young da- dancers on this island. Um, what has your experience been like to lead such a movement? And what inspired you even in the first place to found something like that? That's a big question. <laughs> I think firstly, um, I always, I mean, I think everyone has a specific way how one can like express themselves, being through drawing or tattooing or you know performing. I always liked moving, you know, and not to put any label on 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 a certain dance style, but for me to express, even just you know just moving for me is just therapeutic actually and it is um so for me that that is what inspires me most first i think going through life for me to express something is a must is something i need to do you know um so i i guess that's the first push then of course um in malta at, at the time i started dancing this was 10 years ago Exactly ten years ago, um, there wasn't a lot of studios. I mean, there is a lot of dance studios in Malta, but the specific style I wanted to to try mm-hmm. wasn't that popular, you know. So I started um, with a company first, with a with a dance school, and I tried my as in in Malta as in let's start from here. In Malta, we don't have enough knowledge. As much as we as abroad, you know, it's much more difficult to, at least for me personally, I think it's much more difficult to be in Malta and try to, you know, advance in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing that abroad offers knowledge and and you can go and take workshops, take as much as you can, you know. Um, I I, al- I always wanted to do that one because I wanted to train myself, and I knew that abroad there are many dancers, like countless dancers, which are amazing and like. So I wanted to to learn as much as I could to bring back the knowledge here, mm-hmm. and for me, like I I always want to give the people that that something that I didn't have in that time. So for me, bringing the knowledge down here to to give it all. To the dancers in Malta, it, it, I think it's a really good. Uh, I mean, nowadays people go abroad, train, but at that time, I think it was very. At that time, it, it was more limited, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, I think firstly that's what inspired me. So expressing myself, and to push dancers in Malta, it gives me satisfaction and and happiness to see people growing and pushing them since I didn't have no one to push me and, you know, support me that much. So 
I, think I mean, it's. Yeah. I think it's quite beautiful to be a pioneer within within a, an art form, offering that support that you didn't yourself find. You know, I think that's exactly. extremely powerful. And you mentioned dance primarily being a form of expression for yourself. Yes. So let's say, for example, I don't know, you're moving through something in your life. You're you're feeling certain emotion. Is is dance the first thing that you turn towards? Yes, always, always. Hannah, now. You've taken part in some of Malta's best theatrical productions. Can you give us a bit of your backstory and what inspired you in the first place to take on theatre? Like, when was the first ever production that you ever took part of? Well, it depends how you define production. From when I was young, I mean, like five years old, young, I would be the first one wanting to be part of the nativity play at school, the first one wanting to even just videos that my mom used to take when I was young. It was just me wanting to be there, wanting to sing, wanting to dance, wanting to be on camera. So looking back, it's always something that just came from within me, mm-hmm. I think. And that's the beauty of art in itself. It's something that resides within you. Um, but production sort of started happening recently. I mean, in the last year, I started getting myself into big productions. I had, I feel like my training went on between when I was about... 10 to when I was 16 officially because I was at a performing arts school which was kind of on the side obviously not not Mm -hmm. mainly that I used to go to school and then go to my lyrical class or go to my musical theater class on Fridays and it was almost a social thing um extracurricular we would call it but then I got to the point where I was 16 the classes kind of stopped because at that that age you don't go to extracurricular anymore you you have to seek it out yourself and I didn't, I didn't really know what more to do. So I, I, at that point, it was soiree. It was very community related, which is a great platform. Um, then I had auditioned for a panto and it was kind of on a whim. I was like, you know what? There's this thing. I saw it on Facebook almost as a joke. I was like, let me send in an email. I went for my first audition. I got my first role with MADC Panto in... 2016 and that was I guess my first professional platform but at that age I didn't even realize what it was to me it was just doing another production with all these incredible people and you were 16 I was 16 right my mom was driving me to and from rehearsals and to and from the shows so this was just an extension of what I had been doing then sixth form and uni I stopped it I said you know what that was something I did when I was younger and now I'll focus on other things. I'll focus on my education. I'll focus on where I want to go. And just sort of to keep that spark in me, I did a few lessons on the side. Like I joined I joined a few classes, a Zumba class here and there. But I kind of put it out of my mind. And then after COVID and after uni, I sort of said, you know what, why, why have I put this outside my mind? I started full-time work and I said my evenings are free why don't I audition for the next thing that comes up and these it's sort of and I'm very very grateful for this everything kind of fell into place so I was working a nine-to-five job and I was like okay after 5 p.m what do I do and I had grown up knowing that sort of after school I went to all these classes so I had that routine sort of in me I had that energy and I said let me audition for a show small role 
It really doesn't need to be anything. It's just just to have something to do. And I got my first, what I'm calling my first professional production besides the Panto in 2016 when I was still a child. But my first sort of adult professional production was La Cage au Fall that FM put up this time last year, a bit earlier than this time. So it was in November of 2022. And that was my first sort of, it opened my eyes into what this industry is. I mean, I'm seeing people coming from their full-time jobs as a notary, as a dentist, as a nurse, and they're coming, and they're doing this. Like these were people who are in it. They were going from one production to the next, to the next, to the next. You sort of see like, okay, this is viable. This is how people live their life in, in the arts or in at least musical theater. It also happened to be at a time when I feel like musical theater was booming on the island. Like here, you turn your head and there's a musical there, a musical there, a musical there, which is amazing as a performer. And it's great to see that the, there's the interest and there's the funding. And I just, it was such a high performing for me. It's such an incredible feeling. It's such an adrenaline rush that out of the first one came the second one straight away. I mean, my second one was, was also with FM. I went straight into rehearsals for Mamma Mia. Like the week after we finished La Cage, we started rehearsing for Mamma Mia. So while I was doing La Cage, I auditioned for that. And it's funny because you go into the audition with the same people you're seeing every day, but you still have the same amount of nerves. You go and you, you do your best and you do the preparation for this, that and the other. And then it's all about sort of putting yourself out there, making contacts and connections and knowing who's who and knowing who's the best to go for training at. And mm -hmm. you see the, the amount of effort that other people put in. I mean, I was in La Caja and in Mamma Mia just sort of watching these people who do it all the time in complete awe. And you start learning, you start hearing, I go to this person for training and I go to this and I make time in my day to focus on, I don't know, something as simple as stretching and like, which is something I had sectioned out of my life mm -hmm. and you get back into a routine and it's an insane routine it's not a it's not a viable routine because it's a full day and you go home and you're just like I need to sleep but if you love it you keep doing it and that's what I'm doing at the moment I'm going from production to production to production and I I, I say I wouldn't have it any other way mm -hmm. I would love to do it and just focus on that but the climate as it is in Malta I am extremely grateful that I get to do everything and get to be part of it. We'll get to that later yeah. because I want to ask you about the reality of rehearsals and probably you can also mm. relate. And um, when, you're, when you're preparing for a big show, there's, there's so much preparation that needs to be and work that needs to mm. be put in prior. Mm. Um, but I wanted to ask a bit from an educational standpoint. So you too haven't actually studied your 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 craft right I mean you didn't you didn't actually get a degree in it now into foresee it was when would you have been studying quite a few years back right I mean studying Emma as in like for example let's say you had to be like Rebecca because Rebecca actually did study you know arts because mm -hmm. it was available but would you say that you didn't study it because dance isn't really available to study mm. in Malta I mean, there is a course at the university, but it's only uh, classical, mm. which for me isn't, it's not me. I would say that it's not me. I, I respect it. 
and I, I, I'm just speechless when I'm seeing someone um, doing classical. Mm-hmm. It's a really big skill. It's a really big discipline. But for me, it, it's not. It's not me, you know. So for me, the the fact that I don't have anywhere to go to learn specific techniques or it's just and also with my style you cannot have a degree and you cannot have a certificate because it's firstly for example hip-hop is more is more street Mm -hmm. so the culture is very it's not a discipline it's it started from the streets so there is no uh, it exactly so if it started from the streets it's not like ballet that, where you have a studio, you have a teacher. You have, mm-hmm. uh, hip-hop is the opposite. It's complete opposite. You're like, start from the streets. There are people sharing what they know. And it becomes like a culture, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, but unfortunately, no. In Malta, we don't have... So I would say my style, for example, is not hip-hop nor contemporary. It's It's... For me, it's open. It's an open style because I I get to have techniques from different styles merged into one. Mm-hmm. But mostly, it's it's a raw feeling, mm-hmm. kind of like where the it's movement takes you. It's a raw emotion, you. exactly. So it's a very very raw. So I wouldn't label. I don't know what I can label it to be honest. But for me, having just one course in Malta that specifically specifically is telling you with each classical. And it's only the one course. It's only the one course. And I know a lot of people who want to dance and want to learn, but they, they cannot because it's... It's still not recognized no, as such, right? No, And I wish that we can take it, not we can take it into schools because hip-hop, it cannot be taken into schools. That mm. would break the, the whole culture of it. Mm. But for example, bringing youths to learn more about dance, for example, this topic I was speaking with my friend about it. I had P option in school. And in P option, you have swimming, you have, uh, you know, mm-hmm. dance, you have, mm-hmm. but the teacher doesn't know what dance is. She doesn't have a dance background. So, you know what I mean? So there are there is specific subjects that I really don't agree with. Like, how can you dance, teach dance if you, if you don't have any background, if you don't have any, you know what I mean? And I wouldn't learn dance in school for a, an amount of time. I would open just a course or in my like my idea is to have just a school for the arts. Mm-hmm. Like you have, I know, um, painting, tattooing, performers, loads of stuff, dancing, all, all types of dance. And it brings like a, a nice community of, of movers and just artists together. Mm-hmm. So I think we're very limited in dance in Malta, at least, yeah. in my perspective. And what about you, Hannah? Like, what can you add on to that? I mean, I agree with the this idea of limitation in a in a formal education setting. So at, at the University of Malta and at MCAST, there are courses offered. And it's a great step. Like, it's a step mm-hmm. in the right direction. Let us formalize the training of the arts. But unfortunately, exactly like what Cheryl was saying, the arts are not something that can be taught right. in a structured way. It's exactly. not It's not something you teach. It's something you feel. Mm-hmm. So I had the option 
And I had the support as well, even from my family, when I was choosing my degree. I had people telling me, listen, you've always loved performing. Why don't you do a, de- a theatre degree? It's, it's offered. But even then, I knew, how is that? One, it's not going to get me anywhere. Because what gets you places in the arts in Malta are contacts, are putting yourself out there, are yeah. understanding hard yourself, hard work. Um, and two, like what I felt like, if I learn this in the setting of university where I have to take an exam at the end of the year, it's going to, if anything, uh-huh. limit Indeed. my passion for art. So in that sense, I always chose for it to be a hobby, for it to be something on the side so that it can keep sort of feeding this passion for me. Which in a way is sad because when I think of going to study abroad, for me that is a studio setting. When I see people and I am amazed at the people who go and they risk it and they do it, they study abroad and you see that their day-to-day life is not sitting in a lecture hall learning the background of theatre, which is important. Yes, I'm not saying that it's not. And you have to learn it and you have to appreciate it. But that is one section of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. The rest of it is not examinable. You want to stand in a studio and learn. And learn from people who are trained in that sector, not learn from someone who is teaching it from a textbook. Exactly. Or reading from exactly. their, their PowerPoint. You know what I mean? So I have been lucky enough to learn from these people, but who are all doing it freelance, who are not teaching it at university. Mm. I have learned from some of the people who are, I mean, top of their game in Malta in the arts. And I'm extremely grateful for that. But these are people who have done this, just like everyone here, have done this on their own accord. They're not Mm. teaching it formally because there is no way of teaching it formally. And in a way it's sad. And I think it's a, it's a mentality shift that has to happen because, like I said, it's great that there is the opportunity to to have this course at university. I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all, but there needs to be more, more of an idea of what yes. art is mm-hmm. and more of this. It comes from respect as well, sort of. There's this huge industry. In, I'm speaking on behalf of musicals because obviously that's what I know and that's what I'm familiar with. But this the industry is booming. And yet you still have artists who need to sustain themselves with a full-time job in a completely different sector. Why? Where, like, where is that separation coming from? It's coming from this mentality that mm-hmm. everyone has done school and arts. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be integrated more into mm-hmm. everyone's lives, into everyone's education. It's not a formal type of education, but we need to, we need to understand what education is as well and that's a whole other discussion you know what I mean I mean we have this mentality that education is get a certificate get your exam get an A it's not that it's not that in the arts and it shouldn't be that in any form of education but I feel like there's this Mm closed-mindedness that once we open up to the idea of what holistic education can be arts will fall into that much more naturally Mm -hmm. and also um on the on the point when you mentioned because I I cannot get a certificate from what I do, but the thing is, sometimes I question myself. Like, so I I did it basically alone. So I I went abroad. I got my knowledge. Blah blah blah. And again, these people from abroad, they don't have any certificates because it's the same kind of style. Yeah. But 
the amount of recognition they have for what they what they do and mm-hmm. it's something that you can see you know what i mean like when it's you know someone is talented or someone is giving you something that you can feel it they and walk you, into the you room and you're like oh. wow yes but then for example in malta we have this problem of mm, she doesn't have a certificate she doesn't have a degree in dance so why is she teaching but again in dance it's such a vast topic it's such a vast art form because there is many dance styles many like countless dance styles that certain dance styles you can achieve a degree you can achieve a certificate whatever certain dance styles, you cannot because it's not something again it's a culture it's a you know what i mean so and thankfully for example in malta i remember malta's got talent we we were meant to be abroad in that time but then a covid happened and then i was like on facebook scrolling and i was like no auditions for got talent and the guys were like should we apply like we do, we don't have any project to look up to look forward to you know so i was like yeah, i'm sure yes and we applied them so mom and my first instinct was like kisma this is a maltese show like not a maltese show but it's a got talent it's not a dance competition so anyway to skip uh, the, the, the middle part and so on, we, we came second and i was really amazed by how how much people appreciated what we do you know it's not classical it's something raw it's dance where people nowadays not nowadays but you know how how it is with dance and singing and then it's not much appreciated mm-hmm. it's so seen to as a see hobby, that eh? exactly so to to see that the people appreciated the work behind all of it it gives you courage and it gives you the support you know mm-hmm. but i agree we need uh, more more mm-hmm. we need more opportunities we need more for sure Rebecca, what do you think about all of this? So you actually studied fine arts, yeah. but as you mentioned as well, and all of you have mentioned that, for example, to really get the opportunities that you need, you have to go abroad. You mentioned abroad many, many times. So that already shows us that we don't have, even you, you were going to go abroad, right? For the tattoo For tattoo artists, course, but now there are a lot of... <laughs> now, yes. Exactly. Um, but, and back then, I'm very grateful because like when I, I was starting my degree, it was only the second year that MCAST had introduced oh, the wow. fine art um, course. So I was like spot on, perfect timing. and I, One of the guinea pigs. Exactly. Um, and, you know, it's like I went, as I was saying earlier, you know, I went to higher before and, you know, I, as soon as I went to MCAST, I just felt like this is my, you know, um, I felt it was like a home, mm-hmm. my second home, just because everyone around me was like, <laughs> like me. So when before I felt like an outsider, you know, finally, I, I was in a place where I could be myself. That's mm-hmm. how I felt there. Um, so even if, okay, obviously, I think that the course, there's there's always room for improvement, mm-hmm. right? Um, and especially this was the second year that was that it was introduced. So, But I think that, as you said earlier, there being a place 
where artists are together. That's mm-hmm. that's already a very beautiful thing because you know ideas. It's like oh, you're doing collaborations, that. collaborations, well, so. exactly. So I do feel very grateful, and even the friends that I, I you know, I had at school. Now this this uh, exhibition that I did, I worked with Ryan Falzon, who I met at MCAS as well, and it, it's so nice, you know, to meet people like-minded individuals, you know, who feel you. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's very difficult to find people, you know, that are so like-minded that's the thing and that enjoy doing the the niche is so small that when you feel yeah. someone who understands you're like oh, finally and that's finally. the best type of learning you can get because exactly. we were saying that there isn't enough sort of almost education on it the best type uh-huh. of learning is being in a space with other artists who want the same True. thing exactly. and I, them because did that for me i i'm very grateful for the experience i mean at the time, you know, when you're young, you don't appreciate certain things. And But now looking back, I mean, it was a very good starting point for me. I, di- I, I don't know what I have done if I didn't go to MCAS. It's like uh, it was a, a stepping stone for me, sort of. And I think like us artists do need to stick together, even though we come from different disciplines. Yeah. Because <laughs> at, at the core of it all, like we all have this kind of creative self that we would like to express out into the world. And as you said, like even translating emotions into into our art form. So I think that's very important. Um, so I want to take a, a bit of a moment to discuss your current work because we mentioned it already. You currently have an exhibition open at Spazio Creative. I'm not sure if it will still be open when the show will air. Um, but basically, your paintings are all dealing with modern day modern day motherhood coupled by iconography from prehistoric figures. So you're also referring a lot to, to the depiction of, of a mother and depiction of, of a woman through Maltese history. What inspired this body of work and how do you think women can benefit from it? Well, I think this started after I had Nina and even when I was pregnant, I had had this sketchbook and I was always like writing what my thoughts and sketching and whatever. And in my previous works, I was working I love history I love prehistory I loved Maltese temples it's like whenever I go there I just feel I don't know the energy is amazing um so yes when I look at Maltese goddesses I don't think of them as goddesses I think that there are like our ancestors mm-hmm. you know our mothers so I wanted to you know I was thinking about my experiences and how other mothers must have felt before me you know how my mom when Nina was born, I told my mom, like, you love me this much, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you finally understand the 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 love, you know, that your mother has for you. And um, so when I was working on these paintings, I was like thinking about myself, but at the same time thinking about other women. So even like when I was painting the face, I was sketching my my face in the mirror. But then I left it there. And then when I was working on the paintings. I worked from the sketches. So it's like I wanted to paint my face, but after so many attempts, you know, my face wasn't my face anymore. It was like, you know, it evolved into other women. So uh-huh, it was um, it was a therapeutic process for me um, because, you know, having a child, it's so, I don't know. I always said, I'm so busy before I had Nina. I had no idea. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's a, um it's very it's very hard for me I don't know 
but I, I, I can assume that it's hard for everyone. Um, find it, finding time for yourself is the mm-hmm. hardest thing. So this was sort of me trying to figure out my new identity as a mother, but trying to hold on to myself, not mm-hmm. losing myself in the process. So, yes, I really loved the painting process. Um, other things were harder for me, you know, as, as you were saying as well. Like, um, you know, it's not enough. I think that's th- this is the most difficult part for me. It's like painting not an, is not enough in the art world, you know. You need to make connections mm-hmm. and you need to write proposals. And, uh, and that is very difficult for me, um, even, you know, to go to exhibitions. Usually I, I prefer to go exhibitions not on opening nights because... On the opening night, you know, you can't actually have time to look at the paintings, you know, at your own pace. So I usually go, you know, after. Um, but uh, you have to make connections. So I'm trying my best to, like, be more involved in, in the art scene. I mean, mm-hmm. and as I said, it's very important to meet, you know, pe- like-minded people and discuss your work. And, you know, other people might give you some opinions and a very different but it's a it's a nice process for me it was I also have kind of like a similar question for you with dance being a very powerful form of expression how have you incorporated your own personal experiences and perhaps even your identity as a woman into your dance performances because we're kind of witnessing the connection of our own personal lives with our art form and how we can actually deliver that into the world it's very difficult to explain I think it's for everyone for me if I'm feeling a specific something I cannot tell you how but for me when for example I'm creating again I don't create with mirrors I cannot see myself creating because for me it's not raw and I rely on my first instinct I don't know how to explain it so if I'm doing something I make sure that the something, I feel the energy. Even in class, when I'm doing class, I ask them like, so if you're moving, because there are people that can move their hands, but some people can move their hands and make you feel something without touching you kind of thing. So do you feel the energy like in your body or do you execute or be the music enough so that other people can feel you? Or do you commit to what you're feeling to then express it out and some people might say no some people say yes and it's again it's a process but you have to really be in sync with your with yourself Mm -hmm. I think first and foremost like if you are not really connected with yourself it it would be much difficult to actually express or pass on the emotion to others for sure so it's very difficult to explain this I think it's about like I don't know, but I think it's it's very similar. I think that it's not you can't think too much when you're doing exactly. That's I it. think you have to think a lot before exact for but the concept. During, and, but during you just have to let stop go thinking and exact. trust in your out. own. Mm-hmm. Exactly, I agree. Yeah? It's it's funny because you guys, I feel like the art that you do is yourself in your art. Obviously, what I've done is been different characters Mm -hmm. now so far as in in musicals especially just out of out of the story out of the classic nature and the almost cheesy nature of musicals a lot of 
the princess roles or lead women roles tend to be the love interest, the followed, follow your heart and follow this guy and get what you want. Um, which in and of itself as a character trait is not something I resonate with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like my whole life or my whole journey or character arc has to do with following a man or finding love. But um, when sort of when I play a character, I try and find myself or something I can resonate with as a woman, as a person, as an actress, something I can resonate with in that character. And at the moment, um, the, the role I'm playing now in the production I'm doing now, you can really tell that it's an original script. So, I mean, the panto that I'm doing at the moment is Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. So we all know the character of Belle, she's a princess, and the story is what it is. But because it's panto and it's, there's that poetic license, that creative license where you can change the script itself. Um, the character has also changed a bit and the script was written by a young woman. Chiara Hisler is the director and the, the writer of That's this. Sick. Oh, and, I didn't know that. And it makes all the difference. I mean, this character, she has thought it through and she's much more adventurous, much more raw, which is, it's amazing to see one more young people in this art scene, two more women in the art scene. I mean, this is the first let me make sure I'm not making a mistake, but this is the first musical I've been in directed by a female. And the difference is phenomenal. Straight away, you feel like, okay, I can, this is a character that I am really resonating with and I'm really excited to showcase. And it's, it's a new experience. I'm not saying that any of the directors and male directors that I've had before were not in tune with what they wanted. This was, I have never had a bad experience, but this character has that extra edge to her. And I really, really appreciate that. I mean, as a woman myself in the art. So as you're saying, sort of yourself has to come through your artistry. This is a way where I I get to do that as well in musical theater, which is, is great. In fact, this leads me straight into my next question for you. Have you noticed like significant changes in the types of stories being told or roles written for women throughout the years? There is a difference, definitely, even in film, even in the things I'm watching, even in the new musicals that have been written and the even just the concepts of how we're approaching musicals now. So, I mean, I just came out of Greece, which is like ancient it's an ancient musical even the storyline um sort of when you watch it you realize okay these things would not be acceptable to write nowadays nowadays. obviously it's a timeless classic and everyone loves the music and it is you know it's sort of just there in a capsule of Greece but roles are changing like I said musicals are what they are so I I haven't had the opportunity to play, I I don't do, I do musical theater, not theater where it's just acting based. So I've never done a devised piece or a more modern theater. I believe that in that sector, there's a lot more focus on the art scene reflecting the the political climate Mm -hmm. nowadays. 
musicals are their own thing. However, like I said, every time every time we do a musical now in Malta, I know that directors are very conscious of not sticking to the original. I mean, we stick to the script. The script is what it is. Mm-hmm. But you alter it or you adapt it to be relevant now. So the next musical I'm taking part in is West Side Story. Chris Gutt is directing it. His idea is to stick to the story, stick to the classic thing of what it is, but integrate modern ideologies at least into it. And I like the fact that that's being done because that lets you explore a character and portray a character in a much more relevant way. I mean, I am 23. I'm not, I'm not living in, I don't know what year when the musical was written, you know? Mm-hmm. So it allows you as, as an actor to reflect that in the roles you're playing. But yes, I do think theater and the arts in general must reflect what's going on at the time. And right now we're in a, a headspace where Yes, female roles need to be much more than just the love interest, mm-hmm. which is, is uh, I mean, I'm very appreciative, appreciative of, of that. And how do you navigate, like, choosing roles? Like, you mentioned it before, that you have to kind of connect to that role in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, but have you ever, for example, took part in a musical production where it didn't exactly resonate with you or it's, it's something that's needed for you? Like I said, when I took part in Greece, the character story of Sandy, I was playing Sandy, does not resonate with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, the story of her character is essentially she goes to a new school. They don't accept her personality, so she changes everything about herself to please this guy who treats her really badly. So as a story, as a character, no, it did not resonate with me. But would I have given up that role for that? Never, never in a million years. It's it's a privilege to play such a role, to play Sandy. Then again, you find other things about the character that resonates with you. So she, you know, we all know that feeling of entering a new school and wanting to make connections. So there, maybe she decided to change her whole personality for someone else to make a connection with someone. I would never do that. However, I understand that need to connect with people so you sort of go deeper into a character and you realize that the the values are still there those those shared shared values Mm -hmm. and I think that's what you need to hold on to when you're playing a character that their story doesn't match up what you would do um and seek out roles that are or seek out shows that are directed by people who are going to write great characters. So obviously the more opportunity you get, personally, if I get the chance to to choose who I work with to audition right now, I would audition for anything and I would be happy with anything. And I mean, I perform because I love to perform. But the more, the more you work on it, the more you can sort of tailor your decisions to audition for things where you know what I really enjoyed working with this director I really love what she's writing and what she's putting up so let me put myself in that position and audition for them um yes it's definitely something that I want to work towards 
Okay, so now I'm going to throw a question right in the middle of the table, the million dollar question. How easy or is it even at all possible to sustain yourself through your art form in Malta? You've mentioned abroad and like this 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 kind of sense of abroad for us Maltese tends to be like uh the place where you know you can you can go to London and actually do theater full time, you can actually do dance full time in Malta. You you kind of already doing it, but how how difficult is it? Like, how feasible is it even? You know. I mean, I'm very grateful. Um, I I'm doing what I love as a full time job, and you know, um, I have been doing it for like nine years now. So I do feel very grateful. Um, I did work very hard uh, to make it possible, I guess. Um, but I mean, you can think of, of it as well. Like when something is new in a place, it's like you have to take, you know, take it, take the opportunity. Because, okay, if you go to London, don't think that it's going to uh, be... <laughs> you know, that's what I was going to say. Not, I think abroad is much more difficult, actually, because there is more much competition. More um, so, I mean, everything has its bronze and its gold. Yes. So you have to think about where you are at this moment, mm -hmm. what you want to achieve, mm -hmm. and see. For example, in my case, I did want to stay in Malta because I love Malta, I love my family. I don't imagine, I mean, I, I do imagine living somewhere for a year or so, but I don't know, it's like I wanted to stay in Malta. So... Um, I said, I'm going to open a shop. And I mean, and the thing is, in Malta, it's like, if I do a good tattoo on you, you know, you're going to speak to Sasha. You exactly. know, and Malta small. I mean, Malta's small. word of mouth really works. Exactly. So <laughs> it does. it's easier in a way, yes. easier in a way. You know, the clients don't have to travel like three hours to get exactly. to your shop. <laughs> so much traffic. Oh, yeah, that. Same traffic for three hours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, but there are pros as well as cons. So you have to adjust accordingly, I guess. But yes, um, if you say, I did have to work very hard, long hours. Um, in the beginning, as I said earlier, you know, um, you know, to build my portfolio, I had to work super hard, not get paid a lot. Um, and I could do that because I lived with my mom. If I had to rent somewhere, I wouldn't have managed to do it. So if this wasn't the case, I would have to work another, to have worked another full-time job. And, you know, when I was, when I had just graduated, I was living with my mom, so I could do that. Um, nowadays, no, I wouldn't have managed to pay a loan mm. and start now. But I'm very lucky to have, I mean, it's been nine years now, so by time, um, now I earn enough money to sustain myself. Um, but it's been a long, uh, a long ride, you know. Sometimes people just expect that they, they start something uh, and it's going to be like, you know, you're going to have lots of money. Mm -hmm. It's it's not like that. It's like you have to start from something it's a process, and then so. grow. It's a process. And even if I look at my work, you know, from nine years ago and the work that I do now, I do see the difference, the difference, you know, because and you know what I hate most about the arts? It's like you were born um, some people say, you know, you were born with, with this, okay, you were born with a passion towards exactly. an art, but the skill you have to work for. Yes. So, no, you don't, you're not born knowing how to paint, exactly. you know, you, you have your, this passion, but no, you have to work hard. And like, even 
I notice if it, you know, I take like, even after I had Nina, I hadn't, you know, tattooed for like six months. When I had to go and tattoo again, I was, you know, it's like the pressure again. And, you know, it's like you have to stay consistent with your craft and practice every day. You can't just, you know, not do anything. And then, you know, sometimes people don't consider how much time and effort uh, Mm -hmm. it takes to practice and eventually manage to do something. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know, when I see someone doing athletics or it it looks you know they make That's it the look they make it look easy but exactly <laughs> and then try you, you know or people watching football and they're saying oh you know why, why do you do that and then you know try do it yourself exactly. and see if you manage so it's like uh-huh. it's it is hard but it is but if you work hard you know it is you can do it it, I it guess. is possible it is possible it's possible i'm gonna I, i'm gonna flip the coin for a second and say definitely hard work gets you places connections get you places mm-hmm. and being flexible so you know doing this job and then working towards another job and and molding your life around your art is is what i think all artists do and all artists should strive for but to answer the question is it feasible now I'm again talking from a musical theater perspective. Mm-hmm. Is it feasible to do just that mm-hmm. as a full time job? It's from me. It's a no. It's yeah. it's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's different. I see people who work in musical theater and then do other things that are related to musical theater. So in the mornings they teach and they direct and they choreograph and they do this and then they're in shows, but. To just be in shows, to to perform as a full time job, mm-hmm. is impossible. But mm-hmm. financially, like, like a painter not feasible. Well. Like Actually, that's what I'm when saying. I, when I think about it, sometimes I'm just having these uh-huh. random thoughts when I'm driving because mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, I think one of the hardest thing is painting in Malta. To get to sell your paintings, mm-hmm. to paint, mm-hmm. to actually make a living. And I, I can know. I. Now I wasn't at this point I could do painting because tattooing, you know, I can like with the money I get from tattooing, I can do painting. If I had to just paint, I would she be exactly. 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 Oh, no, 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 exactly. Kind That's of my so point. I had to do something more commercial exactly. to earn money. And then like even, you know, sometimes people even <laughs> I get this a lot nowadays, you know, as well. It's like pricing pricing work, which is very difficult as well as part of yeah no no yes, I, yes. I do find it very difficult and then the thing is like when I go to buy supplies or whatever it's like they're so expensive and mm-hmm. you know and then when you tell people you know this one costs oh, I mean you're reminding me of something <laughs> oh. so <laughs> when I was when I was at the University of Malta um I did a degree an art a degree in arts our stipend was the lowest amount that you could get, even though we had to buy so many supplies, so many supplies, even, for example, when you're pursuing digital art, you have to buy all the programs, you have to have the good laptop, the good MacBook, the good iPad, you know. They should be provided. No, no. Or saying that, at least. For me to manage to go through um, fine art school, I I started working at 15. So after school, I used to go to work, like, to buy my first, because I had to buy an SLR, whatever. I had to, <laughs> I spent a whole summer working two jobs to manage to buy this SLR. 
So, and to frame, like, for my thesis, I had uh, drawings, which I had to frame. Mm -hmm. When I went to the framers, he told me, like, this is going to cost X amount. I was like, panic mode, because I had to frame them, you know, for my thesis. And I remember then, now my husband, he helped me out at the time, which I am very grateful for. Um, But uh, it it is very difficult. You know, I used to go earn money and spend most of it on art supplies mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. so the feasibility is subjective because you're putting in so much time so much effort so much sort of spending your own money to create your art mm-hmm. in my case you're you're paying for training because you need to keep up consistent training because again I did not go to a school and finish my training and it stops there mm-hmm. so I keep up lessons with a vocal coach I keep up acting lessons I keep up dance lessons I and you have you these like on that. a daily basis, yes, also with your rehearsals. And a full-time job. This is the thing. You're mm-hmm. Whenever you go and watch a production, and this is what people I feel like don't appreciate or don't even realize, when you go and watch any musical, sit there in the audience and say, this person is a dentist, this person mm-hmm. is a notary, this person is a teacher. Mm-hmm. You're, you're there and you're watching the show and you're going, wow, they can sing and they can dance and this is really entertaining. But five hours before they got there for call time at five for a show that starts at eight, they were at work doing something entirely different or doing something along the same lines. So a lot of people work in marketing, for example, or work, like I said, they teach dance or they teach singing or they teach their discipline or they choreograph. But on its own, performing is not feasible. You go abroad and you see people who do two shows a day and they go and they wake up in the morning and they get ready and they get there and it's a hugely sort of taxing and demanding job, both physically and and time-wise and emotionally as well because you're giving yourself out there sort of 100% even when you don't feel it. But they are doing that in their day. We are doing both of those things so I would well during Greece go to teach in the morning get home at 3 p.m and be at the theater by five and it's a, an incredible feeling walking into the theater and you're seeing everyone just get themselves together I mean the sense of community is amazing and I am in awe of everyone who does it sort of when you take a step back and you see what's happening you're like this is incredible that we have this in Malta nowhere else do you find it but then when you think about what is behind that reality you think it's not really an incredible thing it's incredible that people are pulling it off and that we have we are putting up high-end productions not me the people these companies you know theater in Malta is no joke but it takes so much hard work is a big part of it but it's not feasible. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you that I go from production to production to production and can do just that. I have to work my full-time job. And mm-hmm. anyone else in the and sector still will go say from that. production to production. Yes, while and rehearse every single day. So I work <laughs> from, I mean, right now I'm at a time where I'm working till 2 p.m. But I have friends who are physios, who are notaries, who are nurses, you know. They work till 5 p.m. and we start rehearsals at 6 like you rock up to rehearsals still wearing whatever and these are people who are people as well some of them have kids some of them are trying to 
you know, you want to go to the gym or you want to cook for yourself or you want to have a day where you're resting or unwell. And it's not, I'm not saying it's coming from the company because to put up a production of that end, you work. You work every day. But we rehearse every day from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. as well. For example, tattooing. And for example, with my, like, my studio, I think it's different than performing. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's much more difficult, again, for painters and performing artists Mm -hmm. to do it as a full-time job Mm -hmm. rather than, I think, tattooing and, and... I mean, it depends. That depends the situation mm. as well. Ara, um, as I even, I mean, nowadays I do think that it is much better. Ma- yes, than before ten no. years ago, yes, a huge progress. For example, I I just had um, got funds for my exhibition, so I wouldn't have managed to do this exhibition without funding because I wouldn't have afforded it. And thank God we have the funding. Exactly, That's um, a definitely a step in the right uh, direction exactly. for sure. More funding though. In fact, I was going to ask Mm because you're kind of sliding into my questions now. (laughs) Do you think the Maltese art scene offers enough support for young artists? So tell us, you actually managed to get funds. Uh I managed to get uh, for. I wouldn't have managed to get the funds without help. Mm -hmm. So collaboration, I think, is key Mm -hmm. because if I didn't have help from Ryan and Sarah, the curator, I wouldn't manage to write a proposal. That fits. And that fits. I mean, I'm I'm a painter. I'm an artist. It's more difficult for me to write a proposal. I mean, I can write a proposal, but together exactly. we wrote a better one, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So like that, I managed to do it. Um, so I think we need to help each other out. And I don't know, it's a... Uh, when 10 years ago when no 2014 I graduated right it was more difficult nowadays one we have like Instagram we have social media which is amazing because you know people get to see your work exactly and you can't rely you don't have to rely on galleries only or you know just a, a small group of people who you know just I don't know then again this? instagram is your own work so it's you putting yourself out there exactly the the support itself from the government from higher you know can bodies and whatever mm-hmm. we're moving in the right direction with this of yes. the funding yes, with exactly. with even just things like premio alarti and like mm-hmm. all these things are even great before you wouldn't like have been like this emerging artist and then just do a, a solo exhibition exactly. it would have taken way longer mm-hmm. to get to that point you know yes. so i think aha, there is improvement but there's there you know, needs th- to be more i, I feel think. like there's this no. discrepancy between the work that's actually being done mm-hmm. in the arts because we have professional level artists but no one is doing it fully professionally and only focusing on that. And that makes a huge different w- mm-hmm. difference when you're working on a craft. If I had all the time of my day to work on just my character that I'm playing right now, that's different. Yeah. Like it would be completely different. I'm, I, 
Mm. I'm imagining it's the same with what you paint and and when you when you move and when you create. You know what I mean? If you can focus on just uh, that, it would be different. It's oh. completely different. When you're self-employed, <laughs> Oof. It's like, you have to take care of no. everything. Everything you have to you're be an artist. You have to promote a... your work. Accountant, exactly. But you're expected everything. to do this on your own. So the uh, support, the support that I find, is from people like you like all of so, you and the people I work with who are in the same position mm-hmm. is there that much support on a on a broader level no mm-hmm. no I would say over here and it comes from a mentality thing because you say what more can be done like we're doing the subsidies we're doing the the grants and this and that which is great but there needs to be this mentality shift that arts are not a hobby they're not a hobby because you are going there and you are being entertained. This is another thing. The complaints that we get about prices of tickets. Mm. So people expect to go and watch a show at this level. But they're like, oh, it's not in the West End. So I'm paying 45 euro for a ticket. Like, yes, but you're paying 45 euro for what you're watching. West End don't is much more expensive as well. Yes, and you're sitting there in the National Theatre. You're yeah. watching a show for three hours. You're watching a show that people have given up months of their life every single day on, uh, uh, like, over and above their full-time job, including these people who all have their individual training and have paid for it and have worked for it. And you're going to complain that you're paying you know, like five euros for a ticket. I, I can understand that people maybe see it expensive. Then again, yes. they, they actually appreciate it. No, then. I don't mentally. think there's an understanding. Uh, mentally, there isn't that understanding of what goes, goes into Because they it. don't know. Because exactly. most of the time, exactly. it's like even when I do, you know, I'm working on a tattoo, people think that... The time I take to do their tattoo is just the time that they're there. No, I do the sketch before, you know. And you've had years of training. Plus, but I always have homework. It's like after after I finish a tattoo, I have to go home and do all the sketches. It's like flash. I start working on them from months before, you know, even to get the ideas and everything. It's like and everything is Creative ideas take time. As in, you might be a creative, but for me, for example, it takes time to to, to come up with certain mm-hmm. stuff. You cannot be like, boom, uh-huh. this. Mm-hmm. It and takes the time. culture now, it's like everything, boom, uh, boom, boom. This is you also do something. Thing. Okay, now you did it. Moving on. It's like everything has to be, you have to be. Uh, oh. Exactly. Uh-huh. You know, for example, the thing is, the co- not, not the comedy, but nowadays it's more like work hard, uh, uh, tough cave, the point. Grind the work. Do a million Grind, projects do, do at we, once. Uh-huh. The mm-hmm. slow down. The the process takes time. The you don't overnight. The oh, hour you wake up in the morning, you're like, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't work that way. The for me to create, you cannot tell me create something now. I, no, one, you have to feel something, Aliyah, in my chismo. As well, for example, some people, as on pricing, as MPU, there was an instance where people would message you on Facebook and be like, Mela, uh, next week I would need uh, four dancers for this event. Uh, our budget is 100 euros. <laughs> 100 euros, choreographer. Payment of for dancers, rent of studio. Um, no. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Don't get your dancers. If the dancers, this is something like, if you're an artist 
or you're, you're an organizer or whatever. And you know that the entertainment, mostly, huh, 60% of it is because you're having dancers with a singer or with whatever it is, but you're having dancers. Be ready to pay. Be ready to pay. You don't go to a hairdresser and be like, Isma, I want... Extensions. Extensions, <laughs> blonde, and then this I want. And then you're like, but um, I have only 50 euros. The boy, she will be like, Isma, go. <laughs> so people don't understand it. Don't understand it it's at all. It's the understanding. And how rude to... It is the Exactly. Ask, what do you expect? No, you ask how much something costs. Exactly, I mean, get I a might, quote. Exactly. And then be like, Isma, I can't afford it. And be like, Isma, Mela, let's see what we can do about I it. I have to say... But, what is changing when I work with younger people is the, the, I feel like the mentality and even just the discourse is changing. Mm. Younger yes. people are more likely, or at least in my experience, are more likely to say, what is your rate? Instead of saying, I am, I want you to come for a filming of this advert for four hours. I want to give, I want you to give up this whole part of a day. It will mm. probably extend longer, or we might ask you to go earlier and you do your own makeup and this and that and the other. And then we're only going to pay you this much. People that I was lucky enough to work with who are sort of younger and more, more understanding of the situation, I have heard more of these people asking, what is your rate? I am ready to pay you what because people are becoming more appreciative. So we're moving in the right direction. But I have only experienced this with younger artists and yes. younger people working i mean our generation i think is is kind of also getting More a bit of a name for itself to not yeah. take any bullshit as well yeah. right as a, I, you know what when i look at myself like 10 years ago when i was in my 20s i used to do so many things for free because it's like People for exposure, for exposure, you know, everyone for exposure. I used exposure, to do so much. Pay my bills exactly, much exactly. And then I used to have to go and work, you know, part time while I was at school. Um, so, but nowadays, you know, people are learning. Mm -hmm. It's it's so it's so nice to see younger, you know, younger people. Like, no, I charge this much. That's yes, how it should be. Yes, exactly. We're moving towards. I was, yes, yes, it yes, took I me so long to start, you know, and I still find it difficult nowadays. It's like sometimes, you know, even when I give a quote or whatever, I don't know what's the... What I the, feel weird. Like, I love uh, that people ask, what is your rate? But I'll be like, exactly. oh my God, what am I going to say? I know, am I going to say, like, are, if I say this, are they going to say, what the hell, this is way too much? If I say that, like are they going to think, oh my gosh, it's so cheap? And I, uh -huh. I don't know because there's also a bit of a taboo about talking about it. Yeah. Uh -huh. Because if you're working with sort of people who are older who are used to this idea of Shh, don't talk about how much you're being paid uh, uh -huh. you unfortunately there isn't a discourse on it and again we're moving towards it so it's mm -hmm. we're moving in the right direction but there's a lot more to be done and like you mentioned like the older mentality like for i think even our own parents it mm -hmm. was always like Le, you need to you need to do this like you need to work this much even though you're not gonna get paid well enough for it and now I think this is changing among young people you know mm -hmm. um, not to say that their mentality was wrong their no. mentality yeah. was and is what it is for what they understand exactly. because in their time that's what it was mm -hmm. but I noticed a difference working with younger people mm -hmm. and that's a very on like a very positive note at least and a lot of us aren't simply settling down for doing something that they're unhappy to do 
for their entire life mm-hmm. just so they can get the money that they need, you know? Um, well, ladies, we are coming to the end of the show. So I have one final question for all of you as a bit of a kind of message, a bit of a send off um, to what you want to tell the young women and all of the audience, uh, all of the people who are listening to us. Um, um, So, Cheryl, what advice would you give to young people aspiring to make a career in dance, especially in a world where digital media is constantly reshaping audiences' expectations? Like, what is your... I would say, first of all, social media is something good for you because it can be a portfolio. I don't agree with social media because a lot of people compare themselves to others. And everyone needs to understand that everyone has his own process, his own way of doing things. So that's one. Um, I think secondly would be to not try and be fast during the process. It's just to take time and understand where you want to go to get as much knowledge as you can collaborate um, connect with others learn from others it can be dance it can be something else but it can bring for example if I had to work with Rebecca if she paints a painting and I would be executing that painting through movement it would bring me into another you know what I mean? To another creative, I could tap into it. We do it. In my film, um, so I would say take the, the process more slow, be more patient. Don't give up immediately because nowadays I think a lot of people, are, if they don't see progress in a certain amount of time, they will just give up. So I think it, taking time and being patient with it. And I think if, if, as Rebecca said, you work hard and you're really consistent with what you want to do, I think it, it would be possible to do a career in dance being it abroad being in Malta I think it's possible so I think that's very valuable advice and I think a lot of people would benefit from hearing that so thank you (laughs) Rebecca what's one thing you want to tell female artists especially those also juggling motherhood and their full-time job or their art form um don't be you know scared to ask for help you know I wouldn't have done this exhibition if I didn't have, you know, the support of my family and my husband. So, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help because, you know, most of the time you can't do everything. I, as much as I do love doing everything, you know, myself, I have learned that, you know, you can't be good at everything. You Mm -hmm. have to collaborate, seek help, and that way you can, you know, learn from the process and become a better person and a better artist, I guess. So, yes, that's beautiful. (laughs) And finally, Hannah, what's one piece of advice you would give aspiring artists or perhaps if you had the chance to give a message to a younger version of yourself? Oof, a big one. I, I would tell myself to just go for it. Do what makes you happy. I feel like if I have one regret, it's not realizing what makes me happy earlier. Um, but on that journey of of getting there, of following your dreams, it's it's a rocky road. Like be ready for new experiences. Be ready to learn from the people around you. Like Rebecca was saying, collaboration is so important, and not just collaboration, but watching other people thrive 
is not competition it is inspiration mm-hmm. I, I, it's mm-hmm. even people thriving in the same sector as you it's not exactly. competition and in Malta it's small so it tends to feel yeah. like that and the people you're working with are also your friends and also people who know people and this mm-hmm. and that but just this sort of the, the more I work in the sector, the more I feel grateful to be working with who I'm working with, looking at especially young women, because obviously I am going to relate to that, um, working towards what they love and just overcoming any any insecurities, because there's so many insecurities, especially when you're putting yourself out there. Um, and just learning from them, taking what you can from other artists and and enjoying the ride, enjoy any, every part of the process. That's, that's what it I is. And can I add another thing of as course. well? Of course. Because after you say, um, don't doubt yourself so much. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, if <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I now I'm, I'm better than I was 10 years ago, but self-doubt, it's, I don't know why we do it so Entirely much. Entirely limiting. Like, oh, I know. Entirely limiting. <laughs> well, I hope that the people listening at home are feeling as inspired as I am feeling right now after hearing you all speak and I would like to thank you once again for accepting the invitation to be here on this table thank Thank you you. and it was amazing cheers thank you I really enjoyed it (laughs) me too time to get to a rehearsal (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you thank you